As a long-time foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Hello again, everybody. This is Nurse Mo, and welcome back to the Straight A Nursing Podcast. This is episode 117, and today we'll be talking about time management around the context of general time management for nursing school. A few weeks back, I talked about time management in clinicals as you prepare for that preceptorship, that capstone clinical experience. Today, it's more of a general time management conversation. As many of you are starting to gear up for the semester, let's get some really good habits together so that we stay ahead, we don't fall behind, we feel more confident, we feel less anxious, less stressed, less nervous about school and really feel like we've got everything under control and we're at the top of our game. Okay? Deal? Perfect. So before we get started, I do want to take just a quick minute to give a listener shout out to Claire, who says, I'm so happy I found you. I was looking for a nursing podcast to listen to while I exercise or do other activities around the house. I always feel guilty when I'm not studying, but this is a great podcast for on-the-go studying. Love the pod quiz aspect. Nurse Mo is amazing and super easy to listen to. Thanks, Nurse Mo. You're helping me pass my NCLEX. Claire, so by now, maybe you've already taken your NCLEX, so I am sure by now you are Claire RN and doing great. And hopefully you found a job in an area that you love. So I'm just so happy that my podcast could help you study while you still were able to do those things that were important to you. And that's really the main reason why I started it in the first place. Because when I was a student, I found that when I started recording my notes and recording those pod quizzes, I suddenly didn't have to sit at my desk all the time. I could get out. I could go for walks in the park. It was life-changing. I could get my house clean. My house was just a disaster because I just had no time. And it really was just absolutely life-changing. So that is my hope for you guys. And that is one of the reasons why I created this podcast in the first place. And if you don't know what a pod quiz is, pod quiz is where I ask a question, pause, give you time to answer it, and then tell you the answer. I have a few episodes that are dedicated pod quizzes, the whole episode. And then a lot of times when I'm talking about like a med surge subject or a pharmacology topic, I'll do some pod quiz questions at the end. So that's what Claire is talking about with that. One of the biggest hurdles, one of the biggest challenges for nursing students to conquer is managing all the intense demands on your time. So time management becomes a really, really valuable skill that can help you approach your studies with a a sense of control and 
that you are on top of things and not letting things spin out of control. Because once you start to fall behind and time gets away from you and you begin to race the clock or the clock starts to beat you and pull ahead, it's very, very difficult to get caught up just because the schedule is intense. There's a something to do every single day. And there's always another assignment. As soon as you turn one in, there's always something else that you have to do, something else that you have to move on, prepare for, study for, etc. So it's my sincere hope for you guys that you can adopt some of these time management tips and still feel like you have some control over your life so that you're not staying up doing those late night study sessions or writing a paper, that you're getting adequate sleep, that you're able to get some exercise, that you're able to do things here and there that bring you joy. I'm not saying you're going to be, you know, partying every night, but maybe you can still see the people that you care about or do an enjoyable activity once in a while. Not like a lot of the classmates that I had and like a lot of students that I see who simply get so consumed by school that it completely takes over and then they're stressed and they're miserable and they're depleted and burned out and that's not that's not fun for anyone. So let's talk about some time management strategies that you can start putting into place right now. If school hasn't started for you yet or it's about to start and you have access to the uh, learning management system, whether it's Canvas or Blackboard, there's probably others out there. Take a little bit of time before classes start or maybe on a weekend if you're in the middle of classes. And if you've never done this before, just take some time to go through all your courses and see how they're laid out. See where the emails are, see where the assignments are, see where the uh, supporting documents are, like required readings or videos that you need to go watch, see where the quizzes are, um, when things are due, all of that. Just get a real good lay of the land, okay? You need to know how to navigate the system so that when you are in there working, you can find things quickly and get your work done on time. If you miss an assignment because you didn't see it, that's probably going to be on you and your professor's not going to take the excuse that you didn't know where it was, okay? So get acquainted with the learning management system. First step, if you have access to it right away. And then I want you to think about developing a systematic method for managing, organizing, dealing with paperwork, of which you will have a fair amount, and digital files. Maybe you won't have printed paperwork, but you'll have it all digitally. And even if you don't print it out, you need a systematic way to manage your digital files. So get that system set up in place as before classes start, if at all possible. If you're in classes and you're struggling right now, get you know a basic rudimentary system in place and then you can make it more detailed and really dial it in over your next break. But get a method together for managing paperwork. And one of the things that I like to do with paperwork is the OHIO method, and that's an acronym Ohio only handle it once. So as paperwork comes through, an email comes through, a document gets sent to you, whatever it is, if you can only handle it once, make sure that it gets stored, filed, whatever, where it needs to live 
And don't just read the email and then let it sit and flounder in your inbox. Or don't read the attachment and then let it sit in your downloads folder forever. You'll never find it again. You may find it, but you're going to waste very precious time going to hunt for it. So only handle it once. Try to adopt that uh, methodology as paperwork comes through. And you can do the same thing with your paperwork for your home life as well, like your mail, right? You go get the mail and then you set it on your desk and then you look through some of it and then you lay it back on your desk and then you look through more of it because, hey, it's still there on your desk. If you go through the mail, as soon as you get it, toss out the junk that you don't need, immediately file the things that you do need to keep, and then you're done. Okay. You don't have that hanging over your head all the time. Okay. And the next thing that I want you to do is I want you to sit down and take a moment and I want you to write down the things that waste your time or the things that are time vampires. And and by that, I mean those things that you do where you might just intend to do it for a few minutes and before you know it, an hour has gone by. For me, that's Twitter, okay? I can pop on the Twitter because I just want to see what the latest happenings are about whatever issue I'm interested in. And before you know it, it's been an hour and I can't get that hour back. And really, did I need to spend a whole hour on there? Probably not. Um, You know, it's social media. That's one. Another one could be online shopping, hanging out on Pinterest, looking at ideas for organizing your office. Um, All kinds of things can be distractions and time wasters. You know, even calling a friend, which I always, you know, I highly recommend you keeping in touch with your friends. But um, if you have a friend where the conversation is always an hour long, well, that's you're not really going to have time for that, but you still want to keep in touch with your friend. So identify what those time wasters are or those time distractors, those time vampires, and then think of ways that you can eliminate their impact. You know, maybe you are spending an awful lot of time meal planning and grocery shopping for your family. Well, can somebody else in your family take over that? Can you purchase some already um, developed meal plans that have shopping lists and then do your shopping online and save a ton of time that way? Think of ways that you can um, get rid of those time distractions, those time vampires. Maybe your friend that's super chatty, maybe you call that person while you're driving you know, using your hands-free device, of course, but you combine it with another activity so that you're not really eating into your study time. So think about things that are pulling you away from you reaching your goals and think of ideas for how you can lessen their impact so that you can still have the um, adequate amount of time to study, get your assignments done, do your projects, and all of that. And then I always recommend that nursing students use some kind of paper planning system. Now, I know not everybody is a paper person. Um, I just really think that having things written down so that you can really, really see your monthly view, you can really, really see your weekly view and your lists and all of that. Get some kind of paper organizer. Now, um, You can use a digital calendar, um, but if you're going to use a digital calendar, I recommend 
using one that you can write on like an uh, like in GoodNotes, you write on it. So it looks like a paper planner, but you're writing on it um, digitally so that you still have it on your iPad and you're living your best digital life. But it still has that ability to view the months at a, at a glance, view the weeks at a glance, view your list, all of that. The reason for this is because if you just are using like, say, your iPhone, your iCalendar, it's really hard, especially if you're just using it on your phone. If you're using it on your uh, desktop, it is more of an easy view, but most people tend to just use these things on their phones. And when you're using it on your phone, really, you're just seeing today. Um, you have to actively scroll through to see what's due tomorrow. And when you look at your month, you can't see the events. You just see maybe little dots on days where you have things happening. Well, that's going to be every day. So it's really helpful to have that monthly view that you can see. Um, and then that weekly view that you can see because you're going to be scheduling out things and you need to be able to... Uh, look at your whole week to see what is required of you that week before we start planning things out, okay? So even though I make planners for nursing students, and I will link to those below, it doesn't matter what planner you use, guys, as long as it's the one that you use consistently, okay? So find something that you like, and let's stick with it and use it, okay? I do recommend... In addition to a paper planner, you do put key things in your digital um, calendar system. And by key things, I mean appointments, exams, when you absolutely, absolutely have to be somewhere or have to be doing something at that exact time, I put those on my digital calendar so that I can set an alarm so I don't forget them um, at all. Even though I do look at my, my paper calendar every single day, I just want that alarm just in case. Okay, so get yourself a paper planner or a digital planner that mimics a paper planner. And I have those um, as well. But and there's plenty available if you want to go down that rabbit hole of looking at planners. Okay, that would be a big time distraction, by the way. So um, using your planner, again, you want that monthly view and you want a weekly view. Okay, so that monthly view, you guys, that's your big picture for the month. You don't have to put every little thing on that because it would get way too crowded and it would defeat the purpose. You want to put the big things, exams on this day, projects due on this day, dentist on this day, clinicals are this day, things like that. Put the big things on the monthly view. And then what I like to do is I like to go through my uh, the learning management system, go through all my classes and see what I have coming up for the following week. And usually Sunday nights is when I would do a lot of my uh, my planning sesh would be on Sunday nights. Um, and in that planning sesh, I would take a look at what's coming up for the week and what's due and I would make a list of every single thing that I have to do for that week. When you guys make lists of all the things that you have to do, you really get an appreciation for all the demands on your time. So make lists of everything. And I'm not I'm not just saying put down that you have an exam on Friday, put down that you have an exam on Friday, you have a quiz on Tuesday, a quiz on Thursday, a quiz on Monday, you've got a discussion board post due on Monday, a discussion board post response due on Thursday, you've got to pick up the blood pressure cuff from the school lab on Wednesday morning, like put everything that you have to do 
on a list. There would be times when I would have like 14 quizzes to do in one week and every single quiz was on the list. And you guys, I love crossing things off a list and I know a bunch of you do too. So there's a lot of fun in that, right? So make those lists. Make your list for things you need to do in your home life as well because we're not going to let home life slide if we can help it, okay? So put those things on there as well. And then now that you've got your list and you see all of your your requirements for the week, now it's time to look at all of that and now look at your weekly schedule. So the first thing that you want to do to really manage your time well with your weekly schedule is first block out the time when you have to be in class or you have to be somewhere or you have to be watching a certain Zoom session if you're doing an online course. Block out that time. If you are taking online classes only or a lot of online classes that may not be set up to meet at a specific time, still look at what you have to do for that class and block out time, okay? digital or distance learning rather, it's real easy to fall behind or not give classes the attention they need because at first glance, it might not seem like you have to do that much. But then when you get down into it, you write, oh boy, this is going to take me all day. Well, if you look at that in advance, you can really see how much time you need to block out on your calendar. So block out those times and then go back through that list and anything that has not yet been added to the weekly uh, view, start putting it in here and there. Okay, I'm going to do quizzes for this half hour here. I'm going to look for research articles for my Uh, paper that I have to write for uh, history of nursing, I'm going to spend an hour and a half doing that here. And really put everything that you need to do, assign a length of time to it that is reasonable and insert it somewhere in that week. And when you're looking at big projects, you guys, like papers that you have to do, projects, exams that you have to study for, really try to avoid cramming it all together like the day before it's due, right? Having an exam on Friday and studying for six hours on Thursday is not at all going to be very effective. So break it up. Study for, say, instead two hours in three sessions over the course of the week. Whatever works for you. But if you break it up, you're going to absorb the material a lot better and not exhaust yourself and burn yourself out. Same with projects like papers. With a paper, I like to have a, you know a good chunk of time to sit down and really get into it. But anything more than three hours, I start to kind of lose my steam. So you know, put that in there. Three hour writing session on this paper, but I'm also going to spend an hour and a half searching for research articles, and then I'm going to spend those three hours writing the paper. And then the next day, I'm going to spend a half hour reviewing it and maybe sending it to a friend for peer review and reading their paper. So really think about all the stuff that you have to do and you have to find a place for it in that week. If you can't find a place for it in that weekly um, spread that you're using, then there's something that has to give. There's something that you'll have to pull away from and say no to so that you can say yes to doing your studies and doing your homework. So with that said, you also should be putting your work schedule and all those other commitments in there, of course. Okay, so now you guys have your schedule done. You've got to-do lists in your planner. It's so great because then you can start each day and you already know what you need to do. There's none of that indecision as you start your day. You already know what you have to tackle and what you need to get 
done. And if you finish something sooner than anticipated, you've just bought yourself extra time to spend however you want. So highly motivating to get started and get things done. And when you're looking at prioritizing your tasks and the things that you need to do, if there's tasks that have equal importance, so maybe it's an assignment that's due, you have two assignments that are due on the same day at the same time, and they both have equal importance. Let's say you're the type of person who finds it hard to get started with your schoolwork, but once you get into the groove, you're there. Well, then maybe you start with the easier project first or the one that you are looking forward to more the first. You use that to get yourself into it, and then you can jam through the harder, more difficult tasks later. For me, I find that if I tackle the harder project first and get it out of the way, I do a lot better because I can get started, but then as my attention wanes over the course of the day, I like to have the fun project or the more enjoyable or easier project to look forward to towards the end of of that study session or that work day. So think about what method works best for you and adapt yourself to that so that you really are doing things in a way that serves you best. So I want you to also think about ways that you can multitask. So multitasking is great as long as it doesn't mean you're doing two things poorly, okay? Um, I'm talking about something like when I was taking organic chemistry and I needed to study, but I was also so tired of sitting at my desk. And some of you have heard this story a hundred times, but I started recording my notes and I started recording kind of like Q&A. I would ask myself questions and then pause and then say the answer. So I recorded all of these notes and these Q&A sessions, and then I would go for walks or runs in the park. And so now I was multitasking. I was reviewing material for organic chemistry, and I was also exercising, okay? So I wasn't, um, this wasn't my main study method for organic chemistry. For that, I sat down and read my notes and practiced the equations and all of that. But when I wanted to review, then I would multitask a little bit. So think about ways that you can multitask. Um, You know, I started the whole podcast because that was so valuable for me. I thought, well, maybe other people will want to listen to topics while they get their exercise done or fold the laundry or cook their dinner or whatever. So if there's a way that you can multitask, absolutely. If you can um, make really solid use of tiny snippets of downtime, sometimes you'll be surprised at how much you can get done in a 15 or 20 minute unexpected period of downtime. Like let's say you're standing in line at the post office and it's going to be 20 minutes I would pull out my phone and do NCLEX questions while I'm waiting. So I would make use of that downtime. And, you know, that's a great way to review doing NCLEX questions. Or I I had flashcards on my phone. I would go through flashcards and make use of downtime in that way. So I never felt like I was wasting time. I mean, I didn't study 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But if I felt like I needed to review, I did take advantage of that time. Sometimes downtime is just great and you you just want to, you know, look at kind of funny uh, cat videos, and that's fine too. Sometimes you do need that mental break. Another big time waster for students is actually the way that they study. So if you're studying a lot and 
still not doing well on exams, then you're studying inefficiently. And the method that you've chosen to use just is not the method that works well for you. So my advice for a time management and a test performance standpoint would be if you have spent, say, an hour studying a concept and you still can't explain that concept in simple terms, then you're not getting it because of the way that you're studying. So find alternate ways to study. If you do poorly on one exam or one quiz or one paper, you have to pause, rethink how you're studying, because if you keep studying in the same way, chances are that way doesn't work. You already got a little bit of a heads up that that way doesn't work. And then you're going to continue to waste time. You're going to continue to fall behind. So if you get that wake-up call with that poor grade or that poor performance on, say, a skills checkoff, then really evaluate your study methods and see if you can come up with a system that works better for you. And you can explore, maybe you are, um, you haven't exactly identified your key learning style. You can take one of those quizzes where you identify that. Maybe you have just been reading your textbook, but really you learn by uh, writing it out or you learn by drawing pictures and making visual connections. So if you can find a way to study that really works for you, your studying will get a lot more efficient and you won't have to study as much as long in order to retain the information. So in nursing school, another performance, another evaluation that you will have to go through are skills checkoffs. And my advice for these, you guys, is even if your school gives you two or three attempts to pass these, I want you to approach each one as though it is a one and done. Because if you go and you, you know, you kind of half-heartedly prepare for your skills checkoff and you don't pass, well, now you've got to come back and do it again. So not only do you have to come back and do it again, you have to continue practicing that skill so that you can come back and do it again on top of the next skill that you're supposed to be learning. And before long, these things can pile up and become really, really overwhelming. So even if your school offers you the chance to do it a couple of times, three times, I want you to really strive to get it done on that very first attempt. It's just so great to just take an assessment like that, get it done, and immediately move on with your life. And before I go, I just have one more for you, um, depending on the time frame in which you're listening to this podcast episode. But if it's before the start of the semester and your professors have given you access to any modules or any assignments, like open to the assignments up, they probably can't make the assignments due before classes begin. But in a lot of cases, you can get a jump on those things and go through some of the modules or go through some of the reading before class starts. And I would highly recommend doing that and getting just that tiny bit of a jump ahead. It will give you a little bit of wiggle room and you will feel so much more on top of your schedule if you can just get a few of those things under your belt. So in general, for time management, guys, I want you to really plan out your time well, plan things 
with an eye toward um, looking at what you need to do in that week. I, I don't really plan too far ahead because I'm telling you, just looking at one week is enough. Look at what you have to do that week and assign blocks of time to it. It's not enough to just make a list and go through the list. You have to actually assign blocks of time so that you can see how many hours in a day you're going to be studying. And that way you can allocate time for things that also matter, like cooking dinner or spending time with your kids or sleeping or soaking in a bubble bath and reading a trashy novel or whatever it is, because I want you to still do those things. And the only way you're going to be able to do those things and get all of your schoolwork done is if you really plan your time very, very well. So I will leave it at that for you guys. I hope that helps and gives you a little bit of an overview of good time management. If you have any questions, always send them to me at hello at straightanursingstudent.com. I'm always thrilled to hear from you guys. And if you want to be featured on a listener shout out, then just send in a uh, rating and a review wherever you get your podcast fix, and I will get that. And maybe I will read your um, review on the next shout out. So thank you guys so much. Next week, come back with me. We're going to talk about taking care of post-op patients, post-surgical patients. So this will be great. For those of you, especially in your first semester where you take a med surge course, you will be taking care of patients after they have surgery. So I will see you back here next week. New episodes every Thursday. Take care, guys. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Straight A Nursing. At a time when change is constant and we are pulled in far too many directions. We need a way to stay present to life and to increase our ability to remain calm, think clearly, and maintain our well-being. Many studies indicate mindfulness improves our mental, emotional, and physical health. On a Mindful Moment with Teresa McKee, you can learn how to practice mindfulness and enjoy its many benefits. Tune in for guided meditations and to hear tips and advice from some of the most respected experts in the fields of mental health and mindfulness. The world truly can be a better place. It all starts with a mindful moment.